people deluded i'm back again apologies for that i was stretching while i turned on the camera people but we're back again it's another edition of the deluded podcast thank you for watching however you're watching or actually listening to this because i've experimented and put it on youtube won't do that forever but i thought why not now Obviously, seasonal greetings as Christmas is fast upon us, but there's been a lot, not really anything to speak about in relation to any real major talking points with football in general. But um, yeah, there's still stuff to speak about. We'll speak in relation to the Premier League games. But before all of that, elephant in the room, Mikel Arteta is obviously Arsenal's new manager. He signed a very, well, a very decent contract for a number of years there. And I'm personally pleased with the appointment. Don't get me wrong. There is obviously the one question mark is experience. But listen, I believe we're at the point with this club at the moment, what we're seeing. It doesn't matter if it's an experienced man or someone that's done the Nagelsmann or the Pep route or Jiget or Arteta's route where they've kind of gone through academy coaches and gone up to the first team. I think anybody would struggle I praise Arteta for coming first and foremost because if you just look at it as a career move, some could say it, it could be damaging, it could be elite, depending on how it goes because he's gone from a good position at City. Obviously, money's irrelevant in this scenario, but he's earning a good salary, learning from Pep, playing, managing some world-class players, definitely of better calibre um, at Arsenal. And also from a coaching perspective, it does always the, be the better players is not always... Um, easily coachable but when you're working with better players it's very it's eat or more sensible players it can be very easy to transmit what you and the coaching staff want to do arsenal we there's a massive golfing class in mentality and just you, you lot know the whole footballing landscape of the two clubs is completely different he's come to arsenal where there's question marks over being anyone being backed by the board players wanting away just fractured and complete in, in complete disarray so it could go well for him if he turns it around. It could go poor. It could go well for him, um, obviously, because he has, regardless of experience, he has his own way he wants to do things. But it could go the other way. He could clearly be out of his depth. Now, I really, really hope the board back him. They st Again, I have to, I'm going to listen to the press conference again, people, because I'm gassed. I can't lie. Arteta said some very good things. Bearing in mind, Emery did talk really good as well. But, um... I'm confident people, um, but I hope he's backed because at this moment, you have to back him. For as much as Emery got things wrong and at Arsenal, you can't just say it's just the board, it's just the manager, it's just the players. You lot know that already. It's a cocktail of, of, of bits and pieces. Um, for as much as Emery did wrong, I do think he had to, or in hindsight, when you saw a lot of reports coming about, he's asking for chalk and they're coming with cheese and they're doing mad stuff. So he wasn't backed. If you're going to give Arteta this role, especially considering for all his ideas, his lack of experience, you need to back him in the transfer market. That doesn't mean spending 300 million, which I'd love us to do and get some centre-halves, but that means getting significant, quality, competent individuals. For me, it would be the spine, centre-mid and, and, and defence. Do you get it, people? Giving quality players to coach with. Obviously, coaching is a big part of this role. He needs to somehow get this team playing well, but you need to help him. You need to surround him by the most innovative coaching staff, most experienced or the best fit for him. Because if you, you, there's no point backing, there's no point of pointing Arteta and then giving him five and giving him a little bit of here and a little bit there and six of one half a dozen of the other. You have to back him all the way. Even if he, even with players he wants to sell and leave. Don't get me wrong. If he did something mad, like say, I don't want to use Leno, I want to use Matt Macy. Obviously, he's moving mad. We'd have to stop him in that. But we need to back him. Now, I, I, again, I don't want to make this about Ozil, yeah? But I do honestly believe Ozil needs to be moved on. As much as I like him as a footballer, he needs to be moved on. He's clearly not with what we're trying to do. But... I'm seeing in Sky Sports when they're saying, you know, when they say like five things the new manager has to do, they say Mesut Ozil. Now, I'm sure I speak for everybody. You can say what you want about Mesut Ozil, but there's many problems wrong with how we play and off the field way before you consider Mesut Ozil specifically. I'm not saying he doesn't need to be moved on. I just don't find that in good taste. Arteta has actually spoke about Mesut and I've got the quotes on my phone. I've couple quotes I felt were necessary but I hope the board mess with him for me I'm happy with Arteta we're going to get on to what he said but I'm happy people whether he's able to because like I said Emre was speaking all of this stuff but whether he's able to transmit that it is what it is but I'm excited man he strikes me as someone that 
competent enough first and foremost to realize we need to change our whole outlook in defense from front to back but also wants to get us with the values of what Arsenal's been he's been a former player not that it's exactly relevant but he knows what this team and this club was previously about it's we're not going to get there overnight this is going to be a massive task people but everybody needs to pull in the same direction if we're going to move there for me I would actually say to the board as well and the players and everyone regardless of what I or you lot have said or what they've said about each other our season starts now in a sense of beyond the mathematics top four in Europa League for me are gone we're not going to do no real bits in either I hope to be wrong of course but I don't feel it's going to happen because right now how can I have any confidence it's not going to happen overnight we're, we're, we're going to get to a point where sometimes we might even be saying oh what is Arteta doing with this team sometimes people and, and they're probably working hard in training it's about going through these moments make no mistake this is going to be a very tough task people I'm fully behind Arteta because I backed the new manager constructive criticism where fit and praise where fit but I back him but it, it, it's with disappointment I'm not even looking at obviously Arteta has to you know be up to task but I'm looking at the mentality from the board and I'm looking at these players for these players I know we've got Everton and I want to save talking about Everton for later people but um, you want to see a bit of a reaction because certain players that might have been first names on the team sheet under Emre uh, might not be the case under Arteta and vice versa some man that ain't got a chance might get a chance um, whether you're young or experienced you should be relishing playing under Arteta um, and things like that but I'm not even with disappointment people for me Arteta can only take this thing so far if he is going to be a success I need to see the board like I said back him I need to see these players turning it around I've given up with all of these players, admittedly, whether they're the quality players or the players that wouldn't get into League One sides. But for me, I'm prepared to, you know, right wrongs, buy into what Arteta is, fight into what he wants. I really hope Arteta is able to transmit the need to, to, to really crave winning, the finer margins, the inches that, go into, that goes into winning. Not necessarily the Hollywood things as well, how you handle yourself day to day, how you apply yourself in everything from the way you sleep, all of these things. I'm not saying these players aren't professional in what they do, but I don't feel they crave it like that. And obviously, them City players there crave winning trophies, crave being in the best physical con condition and whatnot. So the season starts now. They need to buy into what he wants to do and we need to weed out whatever players are not on this thing. They need to get out of this club right now. If you don't want to be here, whether you don't believe we can win trophies contract staff on field staff you don't feel Arteta's the guy keep it moving we need to whatever players want to be here and got some sort of promise that's what we need to do because it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough transition I was really impressed with Arteta and what he had to say in his charismatic approach in in the press conference I'd implore you all to listen to what he said as well um, but he can only take this thing so far. There is going to be teething problems. I don't want pe people, don't make the same, again, I'm not trying to be a downer, but don't make the same mistake of when Wenger left, we're so gassed at a new manager that when we're winning them games and going on them 22 unbeaten run under Emery, in hindsight, that was probably one of the worst things that could have happened to Arsenal, but people were shutting up about the bad things. If we go on a winning run, do not get gassed. If we go on a losing run under Arteta and there's still teething problems, of course it's disheartening, but stick with it provided we are seeing things. I believe in Arteta purely because he strikes me as someone that has a clear philosophy and that's one thing I've been banging on before the man's even spoken in the press conference. Clear philosophy. If you have a clear philosophy and a clear way of doing things, obviously in other games where it required you tweak things, but you have some sort of choice. Now, as much as I like Emery, as a man, because he handled himself in a truly gentleman way, one problem of his is he never really got conviction in what was his one central idea as a football coach of Arsenal Football Club. Arteta seems to have that. He wants to play forward-thinking football players, but he didn't say protagonist like a certain other manager, but be brave, be accountable for yourself, fight for yourselves. Don't be fearful to let your teammates down, because I feel that's what these players are missing. Obviously, grassroots is nowhere near playing for Arsenal. But when I was playing for my grassroots teams, I genuinely feared letting down my centre-halves. My centre-halves feared letting down full-backs and midfielders and vice versa and had pride in their performance. I don't get that over Arsenal. And the only way we're going to get that is if players forget about what's happened to a degree now, but still learn from their mistakes, buy into what he is, truthfully look yourself in the mirror and say, have I been applying myself previously? If not, make sure you work two times, ten times harder. Whether you want to be at this club or not, it's in your it's your prerogative to play better because if you don't want to be here, you play better. You get your moves. We are only gonna better this season and have and have people off your backs if you turn this around. And and like you've seen, the players they should be as they it should be a us against the world thing. If you're a player and you're feeling the fans are getting onto you, the, the other players should kind of protect you. We need to get back to that. 
We need to get back to these sort of things, people. We need to get back, first and foremost, having pride in ourselves. Second and foremost, the shirts. And then, obviously, naturally, the competencies which have been lacking. Clean sheets, defending, basic tenacity and energy. Starting games in a good approach. We have lacked all of this, people. Like, And it's not going to happen overnight. Provided for me, all Arteta can do for this season, at least. I'd love us to get top four and, you know, he comes in, he does this... You know, young Pep Guardiola, the protege thing, and we start, you know, gassing it up and stuff. I'd love that, but realistically, this team is a long way away from saying they can win five football matches in a row, let alone, you know, the stuff we want to do. This season, at least, all I think he can salvage is putting his mark on the team, getting to us to a point where I can say, like people are trying to say, well, when holding and teaming them and their comeback, we're playing in a way that we can say, Center half, a better centre half immediately improves this team what I mean by that is obviously we know that but there needs to be a competent approach to our, how we defend there's not a defensive system in this team When he, I want him to get a defensive system help us press from the front make these midfielders a bit more switched on in all aspects and then it can, to a point where we look at it and say okay Arteta's done all he can without reinforcements because these players are these players do you get it people all I can think he can all I think he can do is restore confidence to the players, fans, get everybody on the same side. Mark is sort of what he wants to do as he means to go on. He is obviously gonna get things right, he's gonna get things wrong. That's why the board needs to back him and he needs to be surrounded by people. Arteta's been preparing for this moment is uh, is old I'm gonna exaggerate a bit, but his whole life for a substantial period of time. He's been a manager and a coach in all but name and obviously he's gone and got positions and, and whatnot in the game. Um, so his lack of experience is, a, is obviously a problem, but when you've been preparing for it, it's different. It's like, I don't know, I look at myself, like, you don't know me, I have scouting ambitions and coaching ambitions and things, and I've got the the qualifications and whatnot, but it's like, you don't know I know ball, and certain people in the industry now know I know ball because I speak to them, but it's like, oh, I'm shaking my, my drink, but it's like, to the unknown eye or to that club, it's like, yeah, okay, like, what is it? So do you get it, people? You need someone to take a chance on you. I know people say Arsenal can't afford to be taking chances and you wouldn't be wrong, but it is what it is. I, we all need to just pull together. All that can happen is confidence restored, some sort of galvanisation and clear philosophy and, yeah, man, just damage limitation this season. There's not much you can do. Next season, obviously, I'd like to say top four race, but we need to see the health of this side because, again, in tandem with appointing Arteta people, needs to be, okay, cool, we're in December now, let's go and chat to this agent, that agent of that centre mid, that centre half, we need this, we need that. Give Arteta the platform. Like I said, it doesn't matter if it was Emre or Arteta. You can't half, you know, half mess with guys. You need to give guys your all. And people spoke well. People have spoken well. But it's going to take time for this club to get back. We're going to go through highs. We're going to go through lows. Arteta coming in doesn't, things aren't going to change overnight. Things are only going to change through hours and hours on that training field. Really buying into not just what you're doing in training tactically, having pride in your own performances. Because these players, they should be bugging Arteta. Oh, can I have some, you know, some videos and stuff? I don't feel like I can defend. <coughs> Last season, these players very quickly said, oh, Emre's put us, we're able to do this, we're able to do that. And then he's gone. Any players that are not on it need to be moved because one thing I don't like, again, regardless of if you believed in Emre or Lomberg, is players using the manager's question mark as an excuse. There are some pretenders, there are some damn right hiders within that Arsenal team and it is quite upsetting. And my, uh, Listen, I'm fully behind Arteta because we need some, some sort of unity at, at this football club and better yet, as a football club people. Um, so we need to, I need a juice. I might as well speak about some of the that needs to start making noise but I might as well speak about some of the things that I come across that were of relevance to myself people um, there are some things that have to have a blueprint we have to have passion we have to be dominant we have to be aggressive we have to play in the opponent's territory as much as we want I want the ball I want to attack them as much as possible I want to prevent them from attacking me as much as possible but as well I think we have to create the right culture around the club that's going to make living that's going to make good living out of the players. Create an environment where everybody respects each other, a humility and people have to be accountable for what we want to achieve. That's the basics. And then after we can grow from there, then we can create an identity that I have in my head for this football club. But we have to start somewhere to try build that up. The fan well, here we go. 
The fans have been watching very... Cl- oh, yeah, sorry, people. I thought this was like an interview thing, but it says, the fans have been watching very, very closely. Of course, they've been they've been frustrated for some time now. What's your message to them? Well, it is, yeah. So it weren't his. Um, we need them so much. I was on the bench the other day and I felt bad. When you see the disappointment and the faces in the crowd, he's obviously speaking, people, in relation to Arsenal's 3-0 defeat to Manchester City. I understand we have to be the ones who are able to transmit that our idea is reaching to them and to engage them because we need them. We have to connect those powerful cables together to become what this club deserves to become. Without them, we cannot do it because at the end of the day, we play football for the fans and they have, and they make a lot of sacrifice to be able to watch us and they suffer. We have to understand it's our responsibility. So we have to engage them. They give us a little bit and then we give them more and then it will be a consequence of one or the other but we need them big time it's crazy people you see he's saying everything he's articulating everything what the man want to hear but in that real way man like he's moving like an arsenal manager like his suit is fitting him and if it doesn't work well at least he's going to come with the stone island and all that you know all that suave stuff that him and all the suave gear that him and pep guardiola had we need style back at the carpet we need the values back at the carpet i even miss the days when arsenal you know we would we would do 20 passes score two goals and then it would all go down the toilet we were doing them things there again I wonder if Arteta's actually considering playing himself defensive mid as well, people. That just come to my head. But, yeah, I believe at 37, is he is the youngest Arsenal manager. Or he's definitely one of them if he's not. I ain't got no stats to hand. Um, so, yeah, people. He obviously was, he as well spoke about how incredible the stadium was and the impression he wants to give to the fans. And, again, he kind of carried on where he left off where I just stopped quoting him, creating fear for the opponents, just galvanising everybody. And all the beautiful values that... We've become accustomed to at Arsenal with, with Wenger and Bergkamp and all these lovely poetry and motion sort of things. Um, ironically, sadly, I have to mention, when speaking about identity, he said, unfortunately, um, um, unfortunately, yes, when he was asked if the identity has slipped. That's my feeling and it's what I have to recover. We have to make adjustments and and the time for training is not a lot. So we have to be sure the players understand the idea that I want to bring them. Slowly you will see some changes where we want to head on. The direction is going to be very clear and it's not going to be negotiable. That's what I want to hear. If you're not down for the cause, you need to keep it moving. Do you get it? I will need the players to be on board with the right attitude, with the right passion and commitment. Step by step, we will be improving and reaching to find the right identity for us. And that's everything you want to hear, people. Before I continue with that sort of stuff, um, I did have some other quotes from him. And he said, um, well, I already read that. Oh, he spoke about the players. He said, I have to try to convince the players what I want to do, how I want to do it. They have to accept a different process, a different way of thinking. And I want to get the staff and everyone at the club with the same mindset. Do you see why it's as good as Arteta having these ideas, but surrounding with similar individuals that can tell him when he's wrong, can provide different um, perspectives and stuff but fundamentally we're trying to move in the right direction because we have been survived, uh, divided and he did kind of talk about I'm not here to convince these players of my experience I'm here to convince them of my ideas that's what I like to hear those who want to listen and improve stay here and listen you don't want to leave you don't want to listen leave um, those that are unable to listen he said it's non-negotiable you're going to get clipped that's what you want to hear from the, from the Arsenal manager he's managed to capture the at least on paper the poetry and all the lovely stuff Arsenal here, here, but with a degree of ruthlessness and being around and rubbing shoulders with Pep on a day-to-day basis. You have to see how ruthless you have to be if you want to be that sort of manager. Let's just get back to winning football games before we speak about stuff. And like I said, it's going to be tough. We're going to lose games. We're going to win games. We're going to still go through this uncertainty as we try to move in this direction. But the most important thing, people, is actually moving in such a direction. Um, he's also said, I think I've said it, we have to build a culture that has to sustain the rest. If we don't have the right culture, the tree will shake. My job is to convince everyone this is how we're going to live. If you're going to be part of this organisation, it has to be these terms and this way. Now we need an immediate impact. We need to start winning games, start to raise the level of confidence of the players. Um, and he also spoke already about what I said, people. Finally, we need the fans. We need to engage them and obviously transmit with our behaviour and intention what we want to bring to this club. So again, the need for the fans. But again, the vibe is if you want the fans to get behind you beyond just supporting the club, give them something to get behind. The rest will do it. 
Liverpool are giving their team something to get behind. They've got quality players. They've got people, whether no disrespect to them, whether it's Milner, um, Ronaldo to a degree, even though he's good technically, and Henderson, who you describe as the workhorses in them sides. No disrespect because they're all good. And you've got the Mane and Salah and the Creme de la Creme players. Everybody fundamentally is busting their ass for the cause. Do you get it? You can't put your trust in a guy who won't risk it all. And everybody needs to be able to risk it in this team. If you won't put your body on the line for the manager and your fellow man, you need to leave because you're not down for this thing. And it's not going to get better, people. Arteta is saying all of these things. Um, he's also said, I have so much respect for this football club that if I wouldn't feel I am prepared for this, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair. Obviously, he's going to say that. And yeah, I'm not going to... Well, come on, I got to this Arsenal, innit? It was always a dream for me the day I left. I said to the people, I'm going outside. I'm going to learn, get prepared, and hopefully one day come back here when I feel that I'm ready to make that step. It's really just come to me now, people. I'm not going to harp on about it, but... Beyond the obvious them electing Emery and being kind of scared to appoint Arteta, I want to know specifically kind of what tipped it in Emery's balance in hindsight. Just if there's any possible concerns over Arteta or just to learn more. Um, he's also said there's so much to do. I am so excited. I think we have the right team. I've had many conversations with senior senior people at the club. I feel Josh and Stan Kroenke are on the same path. So I have a good feeling. Um, he also said, I won't convince the players that I have experience. I will convince the players certain things we have to do to bring success. And that's it, people. As long as you're saying the right things and you're doing the right things, actually backing up, not just speaking, then most honest human individuals will buy into you. And those that don't, we need to go, people. Um, everybody has to be responsible and I don't want them hiding. I want people who deliver passion and energy. Anyone who doesn't buy into this has a negative effect isn't good enough for this environment and culture. I will give every drop of blood for this club to make it better. And that's what I want to hear. And also, this is why I want to go and listen to what he said again, people. He also said, talked about the con, 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 cognitive, 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 I was moving like I can't read, but cognitive approach to football. That thing there, you know, I don't do this English word thing. I know football. But he said, and it's not exactly rocket science, but it's encouraging to hear an Arsenal manager refer to these things again. Football is about habits and angles. It's much more simple for a player if you can process the image of where your teammate will be before receiving the ball. So what is he talking about? One thing that gives me hope for is he either play Pepe or Bamian and Lacazette or find Martinelli and the players that are playing there now balance, allowing them to understand each other's game and having that cerebral approach. Also being active thinkers. What do I always tell you a lot of people? The glamorous defending isn't slide tackles, for example. It's the it's the centre half who's realised and dropped off or told his midfielder to get deep, engage, and he sweeps up the afters. It's about being switched on in this incident, people. Football is about habits. We've got some extremely bad habits right now. Um, we're about getting some good habits, and we're only going to get that if players put blood, sweat, and tears into this training. It's about what they do. It's about the players now, because I believe in Arteta, but it only goes so far. The players have to buy into it. Of course, he has his own question marks, but the players have to buy into it and transmit it. And he needs the approach from the board people. So obviously, in relation to Arteta, he offered some good segments and 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 sound pieces. Hopefully, he is backed. Hopefully, a centre half comes in January. But that's what I love to hear from the man's first press conference. That's more charismatic than I got from Emery. Obviously, words is nothing because I don't think Arteta will do it. But at the same time, Emery was saying protagonist 5-4 and all of these things only to play in a cowardly way. Arsenal have to go back to having some courage. I'd rather us get battered, but we're trying out there rather than getting battered and just, you know, it's like getting punched. The way we play, it's like getting punched in the face and just going there, uh, uh, sort of thing. Go out there and fight back. I'd rather us get punched up, but we tried to we hold our team, we swinged our fist rather than just allowing it to happen to us. This defeative attitude, which some of the players are coming with as well, is not on. And these players need to look at themselves as well and question how they're behaving, regardless of their teammates' previous manager. Because losing, you are part of this team. And when you're hearing certain players don't want to be here and things, that's fine. But accountability in performances is everything in football, um, really and truly, um, people. Um, so hopefully Arteta is a wavy thing. It's all good for us. It happens for us. He's going to need time. I know you opposition fans listening to this, you'll be ecstatic because you're just waiting on him to lose and say, oh, Teto, at the wheel, you asked the fans were gassed. You were saying he's going to do this and that. Listen, I know football is the game's the game. Banter is banter. It is what it is. I'm not going to begrudge you lot for that. Can't lie, people. The ball that's a rock for, for Teto getting that roll still. Should we move on, though, people? Let's talk about some other things in relation to this podcast now. 
Jack Rodwell is training with Sheffield United, I saw yesterday, people. Now, wasn't he training with Roma a couple of months ago? Obviously, he never got a deal. Now, Chris Wilder's men obviously signed Ravel Morrison, so they'll obviously give opportunities if he earns it. Obviously, Rodwell, for all his potential, if you, based on what he was billed as coming through Everton and that, he should be someone next year looking into the 2022 World Cup that is either a centre-half for England, a linchpin, or is a midfielder. Similar to, if you believe, like, no disrespect to them, but you should believe, because people are saying Rodwell's going to be a centre-half, but let's just say pillars in the team. You'd believe Phil Jones and Rodwell would be pillars in this English team based on the billing. Football is a cruel game, pardon me, injuries and things happen. Um, so, fingers crossed for him, man, because I never like to see a man when they're down, man, and if you try to find a club, man, it's deep, man. Um, yeah, he, um, obviously, he's been a free agent since leaving Blackburn Rovers in the summer, and like I previously mentioned, an escape to Italy did not anything didn't happen for him now i don't want to speak about china and the same things that are going on in relation to ozil's speaking out over the treatment of certain muslim ethnic groups he has been removed from all versions of of, of pro evil i believe and i mean if that was in england whether you care about games or not you would it would be much of an uproar but it's not so it is what it is and i guess that's the price you pay for for things people people are saying ozil shouldn't speak he should stay to football but are you forgetting he's muslim are you forgetting? Could you imagine whatever ethnic group or race you were being in a position where you could shed light and saying and people telling you to be quiet? It goes beyond football. Football is a mirror of society. You can never forget who you are. It's like me. It's like it's like me. It's like, it's like me blowing in, in football in some capacity and then not speaking up on on my ethnic group being being targeted by police or certain other things that are going on. Come on now, man. You gotta have morals. There's certain things in life. There's very few things in my life that I believe are, are more important than football. And the things that are, you got to be bloody serious about them, man. And so, big up Ozil for that. He's paid the price um, for that. Obviously, they took Arsenal versus Manchester City off TV, I believe. In relation or carrying on with the theme China, though, I believe FC Cologne, Podolski's old team, has obviously taken their own political stance over China's human rights abuses, allegedly. And they've withdrawn apparently 1.8 million euros Um which was going to be funded in a deal that was to run a football academy in the country. Now, you know China is trying to make advancements in relation to football. They've got a number of soccer schools. They obviously had the influx of foreign coaches there to teach local talent. Obviously, the league and the players into the league designed to boost interest in the sport so that in the next 10, 20 years, they potentially could have a team at a World Cup. They've also, which I don't know if you know, um, and a lot of a couple other countries do it. You see a lot of, a lot of players get loaned to like, Let's just say Villarreal, but they're playing Villarreal B's team and they might never play, but they're training and, and being coached by better individuals and in a better environment. So they might not necessarily be playing immediately, but when they go back to China or whatever, you see it, the, the level of playing goes up a bit, um, which I think is quite smart. Um, so they've lost out through that, but it is what it is. I don't really know what to make of this, people, but there's anti-doping rule violations. A doctor who worked for Manchester City and Bury has been charged by the Footballing Association with in relation to anti-doping. Dr. Andrew Johnson has been accused of providing fraudulent information about a therapeutic use exemption, TUE, when working as, club as a club doctor for Bury last year. An application he made on behalf of an unnamed player to use a banned substance understood to be testosterone on medical grounds was dated in December 2018. According to the website of the clinic where obviously the man works, he has also worked as a doctor for Manchester City's academy. So it's not in relation to him doing anything at City. Obviously, that was the headline to get people to click on the article. Dr. Johnson, however, was also working as a consultant at City at the time of the alleged breach, but it's understood he was never a full-time employee and the club have not used him since they've become aware of the case. So again, it's nothing to do with Manchester City and purely just this individual. Um, in, the set, in October, the FA charged him with a breach of Rule E25 and alleged that he tampered with doping control in that he provided fraudulent information to an anti-doping organisation, namely the FA and or UK anti-doping in respect for an application of a TUE dated the 1st of de December sorry, 2018 on behalf of a player. If he is found guilty, he could be banned from working in sport in fo for four years. Um, 
yeah, so it's nothing at Bari at Bari either. Apparently, his association with City spans at least eight years, at least at consultancy basis. Obviously, he's not going to be available for comment. Bari and Bari, sorry, and Manchester City have done nothing wrong, and it's irrelevant. So they have nothing to speak on. So they've declined to comment. And I believe the FA and UK doping has also done the same. People, um, so there's that. Now, Spurs, I've seen today, Spurs, again, I don't know if it's Jose Mourinho, a lack of interest in, on Toby Alderweireld's point um, part, but he signed a new deal, I believe, until 2023. Now, I'm not disrespecting him. What I mean by that is you look at Mesut Ozil, obviously people say he wants, but you look at Ozil, you look at Ericsson last year, you look at a couple of, a couple of players. Just because they're free agents and they're attractive does not always mean the move is going to happen, whether they're seeking wages, whether interest and interest in actually getting it over the line of different things because everybody's interested in everyone everyone will speak to your agent it's all about following through so whether there was actually concrete offers for toby i don't know what i believe is that jose's come he's thought you know what i did want to leave i do want trophies and whatever but you know what i can see myself playing here for a number of years comfortable in london obviously with a contract it might not be the most lucrative of contracts in comparison to what he could have got elsewhere but I imagine it's a nice little earner previously then on top of what he was previously earning, folks. Um, so he's obviously been rewarded with that, which he, he ain't going to complain. And you've seen him. Forgive me if I'm wrong, people. Has, has um, Vertonghen signed a new deal? Somebody signed... Two people signed new deals, I believe. Um, so they're, they're, keep, they're holding on to some sort of players. And I think he's finding it cool at Spurs. Um, Levy said, though, he said the club are not scared of selling Christian Eriksen to a domestic rival in January. As you guys know, the 27-year-old is out of contract, obviously, in the summer. Oh, I lost my page. He's lost, obviously, out of contract in the summer. Apparently, um, he's rejected several offers from Spurs in the region of 200k a week. And obviously, in a couple of days now, or a week, just over a week, he can actually speak to foreign teams and agree a pre-contract, um, which is going to be clearly becoming the norm of sorts, weirdly, people. Um, so, yeah. We'll see how that one develops and what that one turns into. But where would he go in in terms of UK right uh, English rivals? Like, I mean, would they sell to Chelsea? I mean, would they? Uh, I can see him playing at Chelsea, but I don't think he should be Chelsea's main priority. Chelsea need a centre half. Um, that's just me because I think he'd do well there, and I don't think they need him. He's obviously linked with United, and I'm sure. I mean, it's Christian Eriksen; they'd take him. But would it make sense necessarily from a sporting point of view? At, at least going from Spurs to United, is it not a sideways move? Um, obviously, there's money, the prestige of United. I'm not knocking it because if I was a player as neutral as it is, United come. United is one of them teams you can't say no to, really, regardless of where they are. Um, so it, there's obviously that pool. Again, just because of being a good player, you could go to City. Ironically, Liverpool probably need that. He's not Coutinho, but that sort of ten. But they're not gonna pay for him, like unless he's available for some basket price. And also, at twenty-seven years of age, with the position of running down his deal, he'll probably look at it. If he did run his deal down abroad, he'll probably want top dollar because you know you're not giving a club a fee. So give me some change. And also, if he was to join a club in in England in midway through the season, he's gonna still want handsome wages. And is it really prolific? Is it really sensible to do that? Offer him which. If I'm Ericsson, the best case scenario you could get is over 200k a week and a five-year deal at 27. Because think about it, that ties you into 32 years of age. You've got a bit of stability there when you're 32. Um, you might agree an extension clause or something. If it's a three-year deal, you're what you're there to your 30, maybe technically 31 because um, depending on how his birthday feels, feels falls, and you're out of contract then. And no one's really gonna take a chance on you at 31 and give you the wages you might have been previously getting. So if you can stay to your 32, you never know, and then you probably concede, yo, listen, it's done here, mate. Let me do something else. Do you get it? Um, so we'll have to see what happens in regards in regards to that, people. And I mean, Levy's not not stupid. He's obviously gonna look to make some sort of change on Ericsson. Or considering they only signed him for like 11 million, he's been a linchpin to their team, similar to Aaron Ramsey. Didn't pay much for him, and they've kind of they could look at it on a sense of we've got our use out of him. They could let him go for free. You never know, people. It's crazy. Um, you never, you never, you never know. You never know. You never, never know. Um, what else is there to speak about? We might as well speak in relation to the Premier League now, people. 
Where do we start? Where do we start? Where do we start? Let's start with Arsenal. 16th versus 10th. We could slide very much down the table if we don't, depending on goal difference, if we don't buck up our ideas, as you lot know. Everton, obviously, Carlo Ancelotti seems to be at the hot seat. Arteta seems to be getting in the hot seat. Lombard will probably take charge, in my opinion, of the Everton game. I don't know that to be fact. That's just my opinion. And you've heard Duncan Ferguson is still obviously going to be at the helm for Everton. Apologies, people. Now, I'm not going to go over it because I've spoken about it in my preview. Make sure you check out my preview, Arsenal versus Everton. But they've got four points of Chelsea and United, respectively, people. Um, Duncan Ferguson, obviously, it must be playing under Duncan Ferguson and being a striker must be elite, people. Being... Um, um, Carol Lewin and obviously Richarlison to a degree playing in that 4-4-2 being battering runs getting physical with centre-halves getting knockdowns making runs and stuff Arsenal centre-halves are not going to like that they're not going to like that they're not going to like that at all and that's what Everton should be going there with and it pains me to say but if I'm Everton or the players or anyone connected with Everton if I'm if I'm sitting there and said we went to Old Trafford and got a point where we kind of kind of not controlled the game but we held our own we played very well against Chelsea. Arsenal are a soft touch. They're coming away from home. They should be lunch meat for us. Lambs at the slaughter. A chicken patty, really and truly. Should be getting eaten. And that pains me. Now, what I'm hoping is that simply we win. We win for Longberg, in which if he's interim, it's his last game. Win for ourselves. I hope players go out there with a point to prove because everybody starts again when a new manager comes in. And I'm sure everybody wants to impress. But it's all up to the players because some of them have simply been pretending. Like I said earlier, you can't just blame one side. You can't just say it's the board or just the players or just the manager. But for the players, they've got to pull it out. They've got to start putting respect in their own performances, people. Um... Arsenal have conceded the first goal in more Premier League games than any other side this season. In no other season have the Gunners conceded first in as many games before Christmas. However, that is tied with our record in 2006-07, people, which is quite scary. We don't start games well in the first half, people. Um, and we've, we're one of the teams statistically to rank for conceding the most goals within the opening um, 45 minutes. You've just got to look statistically at Everton's goals. 13 of their 20 have come in the first half, which is a league high of 65% in relation to share of goals. Statistically, and just the eyes tell us there's many things beyond just set pieces and being switched on that we need to be aware of, people. Obviously, ironically, we lost to Manchester City at home, but away from home, because you have a great nine minutes against West Ham, we claimed our last Premier League victory. Um, and we're looking to get back-to-back -back Premier League away wins within within the same season for the first time since 2018 people but on the sad side of that Arsenal have sadly just won three of their last 36 away games against fellow ever-present sides most recently against Everton Everton in October 2017 and that record is 22 defeats and 11 draws which is appalling people Everton have won four of their last five home games in the league against London sides people since losing 6-2 to Spurs last year in December which again this should give Everton confidence and make Arsenal players aware that this is going to be a difficult task people they're resurgent of sorts because of um, Duncan, Duncan Ferguson their fans and their players I mean their fans and, and the manager are giving them energy and everybody's feeding off that they should Arsenal are low on confidence this all doesn't spell well and if I, I, I listen I sympathise as much as I criticise the players I sympathise with them for being low on confidence but you got to pull your fingers, fingers out if we continue to do this, we're going to keep losing. If you continue to feel sorry for yourselves, you're not going to. If we believe reports, you're not going to be able to move to teams. Half of you are not going to be able to move to teams challenging for stuff. So you need to pull it out. You need to have whatever for whatever reason you're doing it. For whether it's you've had enough of the criticism, you're playing for the new manager to get a spot. Um, you want to move for whatever reason. You just need to start putting in good performances. We're at that point now. Like we're at that point. We don't need to speak about the inner dynamics of the team, people. One positive though is that Arsenal have won more Premier League games, which is 33, and scored more Premier League goals, 107, against Everton than any other side in the competition. Obviously, Everton won this fixture 1-0 in April, but they haven't won back-to-back -back league games against Arsenal since um, 1985 and April 1986. So, Arsenal being Arsenal, we might look to break that in a negative way, but hopefully that doesn't happen. Southampton will be playing Aston Villa and I'm sure Aston Villa 
would want to put well the fact that they have actually gone winless in their last five meetings in the Premier League against Southampton, which sits at drawing three and losing two, which is crazy. If Southampton fail to win, they'll be in the relegation zone at Christmas in, in the Premier League for the first time since 0405, when they obviously were relegated. However, only Sunderland and Wigan have avoided relegation, having been in this similar position and people um, more times than obviously Southampton. Which doesn't spell well for Southampton as well, is that they haven't kept a clean sheet event in any of their last 12 Premier League games. That's even worse than Arsenal's, which shows you everything. Southampton should take advantage of set pieces because Aston Villa have conceded a Premier League high of 10 goals from set piece situations this season. Um, six of, of Southampton's last eight goals, ironically, in the same competition, have come from a set piece. So that's a madness. Aston Villa have faced more shots, have faced more shots than any other Premier League side this season, and they also have a higher expected goals against value than any other side in the league. People. Um, one for the Brexit lovers, excluding own goals, 15 of Southampton's 18 Premier League goals have been netted by English players. Um, Danny Ings is Southampton's top goal scorer this season with nine goals and could become just the third player to reach double figures for the club before Christmas in a competition. Obviously, there's James Beattie and there's a certain Matt Letizia. Sheffield United play Brighton or travel to Brighton. This is obviously the first ever top flight meeting between the two sides, people. Um... All previous 24 games were in the second division. Brighton have obviously gone three games in the league without a defeat. Um, the last time they was on a better run in, was in March 2018, which is a run of five games. They're obviously Sheffield United, however, are obviously looking to prevent them from going ex from extending anything. And them themselves are looking to record their third consecutive Premier League victory for the first time since a run of four between May and August 1993. One for the older heads. Sheffield United have gained more Premier League away points this season, 12, than they did the last previous campaign they were in the Premier League, people. Obviously, Neil Mopé has been in good form and he has scored seven of Brighton's 21 goals this season. No other player has scored more than two for the Seagulls and he could become the first player to score in four consecutive Premier League games for the South Coast side, which is crazy. So we see how that one goes. 13th, Brighton is 13th. Sheffield United is 7th, I believe. 14th place, Bournemouth. Play 12th place, Burnley. Two, two clubs, sorry, which probably have had seasons to forget. Both got long-lasting managers. Could potentially say the cycle is coming to an end and there might be a need to reinvent stuff. If not necessarily getting rid of the manager, but trying things differently. Need a drink. Bournemouth have won just one of their last five Premier League games against Burnley. Losing each of the last two in a row. Burnley have obviously won four of their last six meetings with Bournemouth, including both fixtures last season. Burnley, so, so if I said Bournemouth twice, Burnley have found the net in each of their last 10 Premier League meetings with Bournemouth. Um, Bournemouth's 1-0 win at the death against Chelsea ended a run of obviously five straight defeats for, 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 the, for the Cherries. Don't know why I was on skip there. And they're obviously looking since September for the first time, claiming back-to-back -back Premier League wins. Burnley have won just one of their last 10 Premier League games, um, last beating 3-0, well, defeating Watford 3-0 in November. So we'll see what, what what's happening, people. That's going to be a close game, and both teams probably don't want to lose that. Nor Norwich obviously welcome Wolverhampton, who were unlucky last week to lose 2-1 against Spurs. It's 19th Norwich. You need to start winning games against 8th place Wolverhampton Wanderers, which is crazy. Wolves have only won two of their of their 17 Premier League away, away games against teams starting the day in the relegation zone. Norwich are without a, a clean sheet in their last 12 Premier League home games, which is crazy. Wolves have lost just one of their last 12 Premier League games, so they're on decent form. Wolves have also both scored and conceded in, in 13 Premier League games this season. No side has done so in more, which is crazy. Norwich have the biggest neg negative difference, minus 37, between shots on target 66 and shots on target faced 103 in the Premier League this season, which is crazy. 
It's crazy, people. Wolves won their last away game against Norwich, which was in the Championship, which was obviously 2-0. So we'll have to see what happens in that game. You've then obviously got Newcastle against Crystal Palace. Ninth place, Crystal Palace against, against 11th place, Newcastle. Newcastle lost this fixture 1-0 in April, but I've never lost consecutive home games against Crystal Palace. The last five Premier League meetings between Newcastle and Palace have produced just five goals, which could mean it's a bore draw, people. Newcastle, if I keep butchering names, are unbeaten in their last seven home Premier League games, people. The last time they did such a, a better run, better yet, was in April 2012, where they went nine. Newcastle lost their last Premier League game against Burnley. They haven't lost consecutive league games since their opening two of the season versus Arsenal and Norwich. London clubs have won six of their last seven Premier League away games against Newcastle, keeping a clean sheet in each of the last four. So I'm pretty sure Newcastle would want to show that. That's crazy and they've had enough of that, people. Um, moving away and got looking at United, who are sixth versus Watford, who will welcome them in 20th. After going six games unbeaten against United between 1984 and 1986, Watford have lost 14 of their last 15 against against United in the top flight. United have won 11 of their last 12 meetings with Watford. No side are currently on a longer run without a clean sheet than United, which is 12 games. Watford have won just nine points in their first 17 Premier League games this season, which is appalling. Watford also don't score much. They've only conceded, converted, sorry, 4.7% of their shots on target this season, people, which is crazy. Um, Watford have failed to score in a league high of 10 Premier League games this season, people, which is crazy. Obviously, people will be looking to Marcus Rashford to make the difference as he's got 10 Premier League goals this season and is looking on course to better his own personal stuff. Um, obviously, Liverpool are in the... In, in the Club World Cup final, courtesy of a last-minute Firmino goal, I believe, in their game. Or was it Salah? I can't remember, people. I saw the highlights, so admittedly, I can't remember. But they're in the finals of the Club World Cup. So they're not playing in the Premier League this weekend. And there's going to be a mad run of games for them. You saw them have to play the kids in the defeat in the Cat Yarabel Cup to Aston Villa. Manchester City versus Leicester, which is really a top top flight clash now, people. And then, really and truly, two con title contenders, really, if Liverpool mess up, even though Liverpool got a healthy lead. City are in third, Leicester in second. It's crazy. Obviously, Brendan Rodgers and his men are playing quite well. City got back to winning ways, as you do playing Arsenal, and we're at 30% and annihilated us. And they really need to go on a winning run if they're going to have any chance of claiming the Premier League title from which appears to be Liverpool's in all but name. If Brendan Rodgers suffers defeat, or in fact the next time he suffers defeat, it will be his 50th in the Premier League. Well, no, not, not even the next time. It's the next time he plays Man United, it will be his 50th in the Premier League against only, only against Manchester United 8 has he lost more games in the competition than he has against City 4. So he will have lost 50 games in the league. United and City is who he fairly doesn't do well against people. Obviously being a former Liverpool man, that must hurt Liverpool fans previously. Leicester's Jamie Vardy has the most goals in the league this season, which is 16. Obviously Kevin De Bruyne has the most assists, which is 9. And they obviously both top the, the Premier League stats for just general goal involvement in goals. Vardy's got 19, Kevin's got 15, which is scary, people. Like, really, like, Vardy's just a savage in the Premier League. Kevin is the best creative midfielder in the league and one of the best in the world. Which probably wouldn't give Leicester fans for as good as they've been playing any confidence. They are winless in their last nine Premier League games against reigning champions, losing seven and drawing two since they last won against Manchester United in, in January 1998. Leicester, on a brighter, night, a brighter side, sorry, are one of just two teams with a 100% winning record when scoring first this season, along with Liverpool. So if they take the lead, they might you hang on to that. City's Aguero has scored five goals in his five home Premier League games against Leicester, despite the Argentine failing to score in three of those matches that won. I don't really get that. That up to the, you said he scored five goals, but he's failed to score in three of them. 
Okay, Opta, we're just going to go with what you said. People, I'm baffled on that one. But okay, we'll just go with that. What else of relevance is there? Leicester have lost their last three Premier League games away to Manchester City. Um, Manchester City haven't lost consecutive home games since 2016 under Manuel Pellegrini. However, one of those games was against Leicester, which was also the last time the, the size faced with Leicester above the citizens in the table. Ain't that the leader Leicester won the league? I could be wrong. Pretty sure it was. But yeah, I don't think there's any other Premier League. At oh, how can I forget? How can I forget? Spurs against Chelsea, people. Schoolboy error. Jose Mourinho Derby plays his former love, well, love child in Chelsea. As much as Chelsea fans say they hate him and whatnot, you know you love him. Made you what you are. In, in my lifetime anyways. I know Chelsea have won titles before, people. But Roman Van Rich. Come on, Chelsea fans. Come on, man. It's all banter. But on a serious note, Spurs have won three of their last five Premier League games against Chelsea, losing two. As many as they've actually done in their previous 20 in the competition. Chelsea have won just two of their last 13 away games against Spurs, which is something they need to bear. And Lampard, there's question marks. They've obviously lost against Bournemouth. Did they not lose the week before that? Or... They, there was a win sandwiched in between two defeats and they've kind of gone gone through a bit of a blip in which has otherwise been a positive season. I mean, Chelsea do appear for as good as they've been this season, a bit of an open book, I'd say. And I think when you think about it, Chelsea have to outscore teams. And I think Chelsea don't have one of the best... If you take the lead, ironically, against Chelsea, they don't have one of the best records actually winning the game. So that could be something for Jose to kind of concede, um, really. And they do give problems... Defend, they do have um, problems defensively and you look at the form of Mora how Son's been playing Daly's been playing they're at home Joel's a new manager playing everything seems to be going rosy they should be up for it and try and start on the front foot for Chelsea the players need to buck up and it should start they should give a message to the fans it, it changes it changes against Spurs it's one of them games as an Arsenal fan obviously I hope both teams lose but it is what it is draw would be the perfect result but it is what it is um Chelsea have had 53 different Premier League goal scorers against Spurs. No team has won more Premier League London derbies than Chelsea, um, which is 128, which is level with Arsenal. Only West Ham 100 have lost more such games than Spurs, which is 87. Spurs have won four of their last five Premier League games, more than they had in the previous last previous 15. Chelsea have lost four of their last five Premier League matches, as many as they had in their previous 24 in the competition. The Blues haven't lost three consecutive Premier League games since November 2015. Chelsea have lost 15 matches in all competitions during 2019. They're most in a single year since 2000. Jose Mourinho has won 12 and lost none of his 13 home games in all sides against sides he's previously, previously managed, including winning all three against Chelsea, once with Inter Milan, twice with Manchester United, Tottenham's Deli Alli has scored five goals in his last four Premier League meetings against Chelsea. Against no side has he scored more goals in the competition. Spurs' son has obviously been directly involved in tw 12, I was about to say 27, that'd be crazy, in 12 goals in his last nine home games for Spurs in all comps, scoring seven and assisting five. So I think, I don't know if he'll play Mora and all of them, because I think Mora's been good, but for me, you play Mora, you play Son and Kane, Daly's behind them. You tell them to do what they've... So simply do what they've been doing. Keep playing with the same tenacity and positivity that they've been playing with. And they should have half a chance because Chelsea's defenders won't relish playing these players anyways, but in the form they're in. Like I said, hopefully both teams lose, if that's even possible, which is not. But on a more serious note, it's been lovely cracking on and speaking with you guys, but I'm going to have to love you and leave you. Um, this I believe this will probably be my last podcast before Christmas so I'd like to say Merry Christmas for those that actually follow it and whatnot or take part or just link up with family and whatever um, regardless people it's been a as we approach the end of the year it's really been appreciative how you lot rock with me and watch me and support all my content as we try and expand so I really appreciate that so yeah man I'm obviously going to be making vids before the new year but I'd just like to say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year I'm going to get out of here though. People deluded. Check out my other content. But it's time for me to keep it moving. Bless.